We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My name is Jari Bolander. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. On this podcast, we're going to take a deep dive into the traits, values, beliefs, and skills of all sorts of entrepreneurs to learn how to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient world. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Stay tuned to the end of the interview, where I'll give you some actionable insights that I learned from my guest. These insights are also in the show notes. As always, thanks for listening. Now, on to my guest for today. Corey McCain, founder of WeStrive, an app for personal trainers. Corey first got interested in developing an app for personal training while he was in college in Washington State, where he worked on it with a roommate. After a few iterations, he now is the sole founder of WeStrive, having taken the idea from being an app for consumers to a tool for personal trainers to help them grow their business. Corey has a background in personal fitness, but it's his commitment to talking to trainers and finding out what they need that has most helped shape the app. He's continually honing the platform based on input from his current and potential customers and seeks to make the app an all-in-one solution for personal trainers. Finding the right people to work with is also clearly important to the growth of his business, Corey describes his journey through working with different development teams and talks about how he had to learn to delegate and let go of other tasks once he put the right people in place. Now, let's get better together. Corey McCain, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. A pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, it's just a pleasure to have you as well, because we've had to change the time of this like three times within the last day, because we have, we're yeah. both super busy, which is good. Yeah, no, no nothing wrong there, man. It's, uh, yeah. it's definitely a good reason to cancel or to, yeah. to adjust. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's been interesting because, uh, you know, a couple of days ago, San Francisco officially opened for business or whatever that means. Awesome. Um, June, June 15th. Um, but you're out in Austin and you've been, we talked a little bit ahead of time saying that Austin's sort of never been kind of quote unquote shut down. So it's sort of, you know, 
what's all the fuss about San Francisco? You a bunch of knuckleheads. <laughs> well, well, all I know is that I'm, I didn't move here until uh, New Year's Eve of this year, 2021, well, 2020 technically. Um, oh. And so like, since then it's been kind of open and then now it's like kind of fully open. So um, yeah, I, I haven't been in San Francisco before uh, COVID. So I couldn't, I couldn't tell you what's going on there, but where, yeah, Austin's good. Yeah. No, what, where'd you move from? So well, I'm from Washington state. Um, I was in LA for three years and then the, actually the week COVID started, I, my lease was up. So I was like, sweet, well, I'm going to leave LA if we're going to shut everything down. I moved back to Washington for six months and then I spent four months in OKC for a startup program with the thunder out there. And then I moved to Austin. So kind of, wow. kind of been around. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot of moving around. In the it was, it of. is a lot of, and then I, when I moved to Austin, I've moved twice since I've been here. So I've been in different apartments, just like kind of now, now I'm, now I'm settled in, got my place, very happy. So, but yeah, here we are. Awesome. Awesome. And you're working on uh, this thing called we strive, which is a SaaS uh, platform for personal trainers and health and wellness folks. And we'll, we'll talk about that because I'm always fascinated mm-hmm. in personal training, health and wellness. As everyone knows, I, I'm a jujitsu player, bad nice. one at that. Nice. <laughs> but I, I, ju- I just started doing jujitsu. Yeah, oh, cool. Cool. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. talk about that. Yeah. We just had an in-house tournament last night where nice. Ogi, where I got, you know, I held my own, but I still got crushed, but nice. I got a stripe on my blue belt. So I'm a, uh, there you I'm go. So happy about that. Yeah, I'm super early, so we probably can't talk too much about it. So, oh no, no, yeah, yeah. we can always. I, I yeah. always, I love, I love understanding why people get into it because I have my reasons, and I love to hear everyone yeah. else's. But well, before we actually, can, ironically, you have a Joe Rogan thing in the background. Ironically, yeah. the only reason I'm well, I did, I did a little bit of martial arts a few years ago for about two years. Um, but Joe Rogan had a post here in Austin that there was like a, a martial arts place he was going to. So I ended up going to that Instagram marketing worked on me. I went and then I ended up signing up for a month and then I dropped like $200 on equipment there too. Um, so I was like, whatever, whatever they paid him to go there. Uh, I was like, this worked. So was that, was yeah. that it on it? Uh, well, it actually, so I don't know what the affiliation is. It was across the street from it on it, but it's called 10th planet. And here oh yeah. 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 No, that's Eddie Bravo. Yeah. 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 They're, they're buddies. They're buddies. Yeah. Yeah. I figured. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, I was like, all right, I'll go. So no, Eddie Bravo is the whole rubber guard. He's like the rubber guard guy. Like gotcha. we'll talk okay. more about you'll, you'll now that you're we'll in. Yeah. So before we geek out on all that and what you're doing at your company, uh, like I always like to say, um, Tell us how you got to do what you're doing today. Yeah, um, I mean it's a it's a six year journey, so kind of hard to to start. But basically, I came from college one night, and my buddies or my roommates were saying they wanted to make a fitness app, and I was going to put my backpack down and go to bed. But I was like, you know what? I'll stay out here and actually like work on this. And then six years later, I'm running a software company for the fitness industry. So. Um, yeah, I mean, basically it kind of just got started out of nothing. We were just shooting the shit, throwing out ideas randomly and ended up being like, Oh, let's, let's make this, let's make that. And then someone said, let's make a fitness app. And I was like, okay. Um, and then one by one, all my roommates kind of dwindled away. And then all of a sudden days turned into weeks, weeks turned into months, months turned into years. And I'm, you know, it's a different platform than it by far than it was six years ago, but it's just been, um, an insane journey that just, I guess fate. I don't know. So yeah, that's kind of how I got started. <laughs> well, yeah. sometimes these things are just like random, right? Like very random. Yeah. You know, if you would have like went to sleep 
exactly. you wouldn't be yeah. talking to me today. Like I got my accounting degree, so I would be an accountant right now in Washington. Oh, so, really? Yeah, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. So uh, you very don't look different. Like an accountant, man. I probably wouldn't have ended up being an accountant, but I was. I got my degree though, so I, I, I literally could not. For the life of me, if you had a, if you held a gun to my head, I couldn't do someone's taxes without like TurboTax. So it's like embarrassing that I have my degree. Um, but uh, yeah, I have it, so it's kind of random. But yeah, that's that's pretty cool. And so did so. Wow, did you were were you coding the app? I mean, what what what, what how how did you kind of land on this sort of personal fitness thing? Or was it just like your buddies were doing it? Or yeah. So, I mean, I've been into fitness my whole life. I mean, I, you know, typical sports stuff um, in high school, I took about two years of this like fitness specialist class. I did a, uh, I went out on my own and I knew one of the gym owners locally and I did like a gym owner mentorship. And then I did like weightlifting competitions. So like, I'm very in, in, into the field. Um, it just like, when we had the idea, I kind of had a flashback to this website I built when I was in high school that was like, Hey, have you ever been looking for a program? Are you sick of Googling? We have a marketplace for all these programs. And that ironically years later in college was what we, what I ended up building for my V1. Um, Hmm. So my six year journey, three and a half to four years of that was my V1, which was a marketplace for personal training programs. We had like hundreds of programs and all these trainers and we kind of pretty much scrapped that whole thing after four years. And now our new software is a hundred percent management for them. So like the billing, the inboxing, the building of the plans, the nutrition, the whole like 360 approach. So um, I don't even remember your original question, but uh, yeah, basically, <laughs> basically well, you, you coded, I guess you. Coded oh, that's right. Something. Coding, coding. Yeah. So I actually, so about like, I want to say two months into this idea, I was like, because you always hear about the whiz kids that like teach themselves how to code. Right. Right. It's like, and I'm, I'm really smart, but I'm a different kind of smart. I'm not that like, I'm not that book smart. I can't like, I got really good grades, but I'm not like the smartest kid in the class by any means. So um, I was like, I'm going to be with that kid. I'm going to teach myself how to code. And I took like maybe like 30 minutes of this class. And I was like, this shit is super hard. I'm never going to do this again. Um, so to answer your question, it's kind of difficult because I had so many different like developers that I would work with over the years. Um, one team I paid a lot of money to and the app just totally sucked. That was our very first version like years ago. And then version after version after version, I finally found this dev team in Ukraine about um, 2017. And they basically, there's a team of about a hundred over there. I hire about seven or eight of their employees. I gave them equity and then also paid them. So it was like kind of a half and half kind of a deal. Um, so I have a full team over there. We're like all best friends. It's like an amazing situation, but they helped launch my very first and the end, end game of my V1 app. And then now they're still with me with this new platform. We strive. Wow. Yeah. It's so hard to to get good developers i mean generally mm-hmm. and, and i don't know if it's 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 there was a term that someone i think it was the founders of turing turing is this company that you can find the top one percent of developers in the world gotcha okay um and i think i think it was their cto that said some about there's like you know there's product market fit and then there's founder market fit mm-hmm. and like the founder of a company even though they may have a great idea, is it really the market? Like, are, mm-hmm. are you, are you the white right person to bring this to market? Yeah. And a lot of tech tech folk, you know, of course they can build anything tech, right? Mm-hmm. The hardest part is actually getting people to buy something. Exactly. Everything else is kind of easy. Yeah, I, exactly. I, maybe not easy, yeah. but, but the thing with developers, like I think the thing that you found, like your first iteration of your development was just like, gosh, this thing doesn't work. 
I don't know mm-hmm. what the hell's going on. And it this is a every non-technical founder and then even technical founders as they scale have this problem, which I'm so glad you brought up. And I'm sorry you had to go through that pain to learn. Yeah, it's a, yeah, <laughs> you know, many, to, many, many years of pain. Yeah. Good, though. It's in the past. Right, right. To find to find the team now, but there's product market fit, founder market fit, and then team market fit. For sure. And Absolutely. If you don't have that team market fit, it's, it's difficult. Really it's difficult. Yeah. And I think founder market fit is super important. I think like uh, we're still always like assembling our team and making that better. Uh, I think that's kind of where I stick out versus our competitors is like they're, you know, maybe they were a trainer, maybe they were this, but like, I feel like they just, they just haven't understood the market well enough. And they're adding these features that I'm like, that doesn't make sense. No one would ever use that. Or like they're completely neglecting a piece of the fitness journey that I don't understand. So I think my combination of a business background with a fitness background kind of led me to being able to build the platform we have today. But to your point, just because you build the shiniest thing ever, doesn't mean you're going to get sales. Like it's still, it's still a very much an uphill road for us, you know, over the next couple of months and years to become the number one platform for health and wellness. Yeah. And and I was just reading through a little bit of your site and the copy and how it all, you know, pulls together. And I, I really like the thought process of how your story is, we help you as the, you know, trainer and health and wellness professional be successful, grow your business. Cause we know you hate that part of it. Yeah, exactly. exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I just want to trade, but I, I hear this with authors and artists and creatives. It's like, I yeah. just want to do my art, man. I don't really like the money. It's just like, cause it's there. <laughs> no, I, I, I well, I will argue the, the latter part is with trainers is different. They're very much, they love their money, but the rest okay. of it is very true. They're, they, uh, they're just like, I just want to train people, like make this as easy as possible. And then the moment you have like a, like a hiccup or it's like a little more difficult than they would like it. They're just like, I'm going to the next thing. Like I'm over it. So you have to make it very precise and at every single level. So they seem pretty finicky. Uh, I will, well, I'll, I'll say this. I'll say that there's just, cause we kind of came into the market with um, like years of other competitors being involved. And mm. so I wouldn't say they're finicky per se. I just would say that like when I started this six years ago versus now, um, and we were, we were B2C back then we were targeting exercisers. Now we're targeting the professionals, but, right. um, what's changed is like, they were not tech savvy at all. And there was like not really any platforms. And so six years go by and now like we're, we're a badass, awesome platform, but like, and I, you know, I'm confident we're the best, but like there are other platforms out there. So like, if I, let's yeah. say that I added a new feature for, um, for invoicing and I didn't have like a specific recurring button that it could just automatically keep recurring with the clients. They'd be like, this is bullshit. X, Y, Z and competitor have this. I'm not going to use you. Um, So I wouldn't, I wouldn't say finicky. I'd say they're just super, super uh, zoned in and aware of what our competition does. And they'll, they'll call you on it right away. Like, and so every, Hmm. every demo call I do, they'll be like, do you do X, Y, Z? And then like 40 other things. And I have to just go, yes, 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 yes. And I could be better in 40 things. And if one of those things isn't better, it will literally turn them off and they will not sign up. It is ridiculous. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. Well, so, it's super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's a little bit more. Hmm. Huh. Cause I always tell people that there's like certain requirements and kind of conventions for like SaaS products. Cause mm-hmm. I talk to clients all the time about, they're like, well, why aren't people buying my thing? And it's like, well, 
mm-hmm. one, you're probably, if you're, are you talking about it right is the first step. And then second yeah. is, are you, do you, do you meet the minimum standard for which they can um, mm-hmm. engage? Exactly. And like, there's just certain things that have to be there or it's like, no, we're not, you know, you got to check the box. Right. Exactly. And, and it's, and it's fascinating that uh, trainers and health practitioners uh, like interesting that like they, mm-hmm. they had to get trained to use technology. Mm-hmm. And now that they're trained to use technology, they're more savvy. And now that they're more savvy, they're like, this is what I need. If you're they're not, getting, don't waste my they're time. Getting, they're getting some, <laughs> ad, they're getting attitude. Yeah. They're yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. 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 Well, and, yeah. And it's, it's funny. Cause I mean, people, well, whenever I talk to like mentors and that kind of stuff, they're always like, uh, you can't get into that feature race. You have to have like, you can't, you got to just launch. And it's like, that is true. We have launched, but at the same time, when you're in an industry that has a very like familiar competition, um, like, I think, you, I can't remember what you just said, but you said something about like um, the minimum or something like that. Like, but you do have to have yeah, minimum a minimum feature set across yeah. the board that has to work. I mean, I think it goes back to us labeling ourselves as an all-in-one solution. So if I just said we're the best billing software and we just did billing for trainers, then we could have a shitty program builder because like they don't need that. Yeah. Um, there are actually, we do have some, I wouldn't call them competitors, but there are billing personal training platforms that are all about billing and they have really bad program building softwares and trainers don't care because they use them for billing and something else for, for program building. So right. when we say we're all in one, you know, we have like 40 things we have to build at once. And so when one thing's leaky, it's like, okay, well, what's that thing? And then they're like, screw the whole platform, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's it, that there, that's the, I think the trick, that's a little tricky mm-hmm. thing. If you want to be the all in one, like it's interesting that you bring that up because I've, when I, um, when I talk to people about like podcasting, uh, a lot of people use podcasts to like do their outreach for their business. And it's, if, especially if you're a consultant or a coach, like I talk to coaches about this all the time, mm-hmm. they use it as a full kind of platform, but like, podcasting and outreach is just one part of like running a business. So there's the billing, like you said, there's the outreach, there's the classes and all these sort of things. So it's similar to what you're doing, just apply to like, say, a, like a business coach, which essentially mm-hmm. is the same thing, just not your body, it's your mind and your business. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like there's so many of these platforms out there and they're all kind of trying to do the same thing and it's so hard to get right. So mm-hmm. how do you guys think you get it right? Like, is it, what's the, the process you go through? Cause I'm super fascinated about this. Cause I see mm-hmm. more and more people having, we are the solution for your business niche. Mm-hmm. We will make sure you're successful. Cause I was looking through some of your, you know, your content as well. And you've got a great blog and you pull like, Hey, we're here to help you be successful. Mm-hmm. Great attitude. As opposed to this is use this technology. Mm-hmm. No one cares about the technology. They care about how can you help me? Exactly. And that was the hardest part for me when it, when I first started like learning about marketing and that kind of stuff is that you know, like they don't care about, I mean, they care about features, but they're not, like your, your uh, hero text isn't going to be like, we have all the features. It's like, we're going to make you a ton of money and we're going to make your life easier basically. Yeah. Um, and I think the way we stand out is by doing that. So I think a lot of our competitors have, um, they just like, they're, they're slow and they don't have customer service and they're just kind of like doing their thing. And trainers are like, I would love for you to add this feature. And they're like, cool. See in four years, like kind of, they're just very slow with it. Um, and also they don't have a community. Like we, I tell people this, like our mentors this all the time. It's like, 
we have some competitors that have like a hundred thousand trainers right now. And we just relaunched a few months ago. We have like a little over a hundred trainers already. And we already have a higher engagement on social media than them. Um, and it just doesn't make sense. Like, why are we already here? It's because we're creating those blogs. We're reaching out to trainers. We're actually engaging with them and creating content that like they enjoy and they appreciate. And it's actually helping them grow. Um, and so that's what we're going to continue to do. We're going to keep making more and more resources like that. We're going to keep bringing on partners that can help them grow their business. Um, and then ultimately the reason that we're going to take over is because we've just created a much better UX UI product for them. So, um, we, we take, like, I was just on a call this morning with my UX UI guy, like me and him basically go back and forth. I create a whole bunch of features that trainers have requested. I design them. And then he takes the, my designs and makes them look like a thousand times better, basically. Um, <laughs> and so that's, that's pretty much, I, I always say it's like, I needed an adult to look over my, my yeah, crayon You need drawings. the adult supervision. I always exactly. Tell, I tell young exactly. entrepreneurs that all the time. I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned that you have a coach and a mentor that's sort of helping you out. Cause I think yeah, absolutely. a lot of this stuff's pretty scary. Yeah. And it, it takes time. I mean, like I, like what's funny cause I, that's actually really funny cause I sat down with, um, I had an original investor that put like 15K in, just a buddy of mine. Like he inherited a bunch of money, gave me 15K. I bought him back out, but like he still has some equity. But anyways, so he was involved very early on and I showed him my pitch deck because he hasn't seen it in like two years. And he was just like, I showed, I showed him the team slide and the investor slide and he didn't recognize a single person because like before when I was first starting off, I had like quote unquote advisors and they were kind of just like people that I was like, this would be a cool advisor and just putting their name on there. And it's like, we they kind of helped but now I have legitimate, like actual full grown advisors that I meet with once a week and we have like templated calls and like how we can grow the business and all this stuff. And it's like, so I think for entrepreneurs starting off, like you kind of have to just like bullshit and make a advisor what it is, but then eventually you'll start to slowly like, you know, create like a little Avengers team where you're like getting this person and that person and they can help with marketing and this person helps with design. And so, um, yeah, it's, I have a pretty awesome uh, group that I meet with uh, on a weekly basis. It's great. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because mm -hmm. you, well, I see this a lot with tech founders, mm -hmm. technology driven, <clears throat> build it and they will come. I've scratched my own itch. I've got two people to buy it. I've got some MMR, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then exactly, so, exactly. And, and that's great. Don't get me wrong. Like, mm -hmm. I honestly think the hardest part about being an entrepreneur is actually selling something to somebody. Mm -hmm. I think everything else is doable. Yeah. It's, are you building something someone wants to buy? And if you talk to my friend, Sam about this, he'll be like, no, you need engagement and community. And I'm like, okay, yeah. You want to build like the next trillion dollar business in tw two decades. Yeah. Sam, you're right. <clears throat> but I'm not that bright. <laughs> I just want to mm -hmm. like, you know, I want to build stuff people will buy. Yeah. And the thing I think that, that is really beneficial about having this advisor group of different varieties and different, you know, skill sets mm -hmm. and, you know, regularly meeting and such is that it is definitely a team effort. Like there's mm -hmm. no way that you can do this solo. And, yeah. and so are you like now a solo founder or do you have co-founders or how, how have you sort of structured it? Yeah, I've been a solo founder this whole time, pretty much like there was, there were times where I like quote unquote had co-founders, uh, but it was me just literally dragging them to do things. Um, just like, please send me this one very minimal thing I asked you to do four weeks ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so ultimately like that was, that was more in the early years. Um, so I'm a solo founder for sure. I would love a co-founder. It's getting to the point now where we're getting so many opportunities and so many partnerships. And like, I would just love someone to like critical think with basically. I would love to just yeah. like bounce ideas off of someone. Like the other day we had this awesome 
potential partnership pop up and I, it's not official yet. So I couldn't really post it anywhere. And I couldn't really tell my team. And I was just like, I would love to tell a co-founder this and we can BS on it. And then I kind of just like had to keep it in and just like go about my day. Like I just, there's no one I could really tell. <laughs> and it's just like, I don't, I don't know. So yeah. Um, yeah, I would love to have a co-founder, definitely a solo founder, but thankfully I have my awesome dev team overseas. And uh, the founder of that company is kind of a co-founder in a way, because he's helped me through so much. So I would definitely consider his name's Alex Vasilik, um, awesome guy. And he's a uh, run startup soft and definitely uh, kind of a co-founder. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, no, that's good. That's interesting because um I also hear that a lot. Like I have these co-founders in air quotes. Exactly. <laughs> they don't no. do anything. They're not as dedicated no. as I am or mm. they're a drag or, you know, they're just not responsive. They've got their day job and they're just like, this is their side hustle and not really their main exactly. hustle. And, and, and don't get me wrong. Sometimes people have different life experiences. They have to do what they have to do, but it can be super frustrating. Um, how did you handle like saying guys, like you're really not helping me out. Like it's time to part ways. Um, so, I mean, I'm still good with everyone pretty much. Uh, I mean the very, like very first guy with the four roommates, two of them that night were done. The other one and I spent like um, maybe a few months together. Uh, so we like did a, we drove to Seattle from the other side of the state and did like, we pitched these, um, this development team. And we were like so naive back then. We thought I had these really shitty designs and I thought they were going to, for some reason, this whole entire development team in Seattle was going to like take several employees and design and then build the app for us. And I was going to, in my head, I was like, and you'll do it for 10% or something like that. Like some stupid, and it was the worst designs, the dumbest idea. And we drove all the way over there. We were like blasting music. We're so happy. And then we got to the meeting and they're like, yeah, this is this, why would we ever do this? And they were trying, I'm sure they laughed as soon as we left. Like they're probably just like this ridiculous. Um, so a little bit after that, he kind of bounced. Um, and I mean, a whole bunch of other stuff, but we're still best friends. Uh, the next guy that put in 15 K he was kind of around for a long time. And I finally just like agreed to buy him out and dilute him. Um, he goes, he wasn't really doing much and he just wasn't that motivated with it. Still love him. I just saw him literally a couple of days ago. Um, other guy, yeah, a little project here, project there, but like no one was ever really even remotely close to what I was doing. So I was like, screw it. I'm just going to do it myself. Um, and here we are, you know, years later. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, it's hard to do. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. I mean, you like you're rare, honestly, in that sense. Well, thankfully people have done it before me and they, so I kind of can ping off them and go like, cool, like awesome. Like, how are you, how did you do it? Or, and I, thankfully there's people that I've seen do it with a, just using a bunch of VAs and I'm kind of, the way I operate is, uh, I don't like to, to delegate. Um, I like to just kind of do it myself. And when I get to the point where I'm confident, which is a terrible, terrible trait, uh, when I get to the point that I'm confident in a certain task by someone, then I'll completely let, like, for example, I did our, I ran our social media account too this whole time. Um, and then in January, I was like, I might hire a social media manager, but usually they suck at it, whatever. I hired this lady named Rachel and she is so badass. And I don't even touch our social account anymore. I just gave her full reign. I don't even, I don't even approve of her posts anymore. I'm just like, Rachel, just go kill it. 
And uh, so like, that's what I need is I need like five more Rachel's basically to like cover marketing and then sales. And then I can just like go sit on an Island somewhere. Um, <laughs> I don't but, know if uh, you'll ever sit on an yeah. Island. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, that's but, uh, not going to happen. I can tell. I can I'll, be, tell. I'll be pretty bored. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be like, um, okay, two weeks. Yeah. There's enough sand <laughs> yeah. here. I'm done. Let's go. Maybe, let's maybe go like create. three days. I'd be pretty bored, honestly. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let's create. That's great. But, uh, but yeah, I think delegating is really important. It's just really hard for me to break that control sometimes, but, uh, but yeah. No, I mean, and, and you know, what's interesting is that, uh, that is again, another common thing that people run into, especially when on the technical side, when you can do it and I, I'm guilty of this, like I can create stuff. So why wouldn't I just do that? Yeah. But I had a hard time giving up control as well. And I still do. I mean, it's a struggle. But what's interesting, the way, way you brought that up is like finding the right team to give it to mm-hmm. is important. And then I love the fact that you had that contrast between, hey, I went, I had this crappy design. I give it to this design firm mm-hmm. and they're like, yeah, there's no way we're going to do this. So yeah. you did it yourself. It didn't work out. Right. But like the process of, oh, well, now that I really know, and the, the reason I bring this up is a lot of founders have this with sales. They have a problem with this in sales. They think, oh, I'm a technical founder. I'm going to build my product. I'm going to go hire a sales team and they're going to sell it for me. Mm-hmm. Never works. Yeah, because exactly. They don't know what to sell. Yeah. And so until the founder actually sells it and has the process and the thing down, it'll mm-hmm. never work. And I, I've, I've made this mistake countless times. And, mm-hmm. and, and the reason I make this mistake is I don't like to sell. Right? Yeah. yeah. And so it's interesting that you bring that up because I really like the fact that even though you have the control which again is mm-hmm. a common trait among entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. When you're ready, you're ready. You're like deep end, whoosh. And you found, mm-hmm. what's her name, Rachel? Yep. You found Rachel. Like, mm-hmm. more, let's build more Rachels. <laughs> so, yeah. Good job, Rachel. Yeah. You're awesome. Yeah. I would love <laughs> to find more. I found her on Upwork. And then I have my, um, I have a VA in the Philippines that I love. He like works for like four or five hours a day for me. I mean, I pay him, I pay him like us minimum wage. So like he's balling out there. Like, so he's, he's, uh, and good people are worth it. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's doing well. Yeah. yeah. And then over there, it's like, he's making like equivalent of like 40 an hour or something like that. So he's, yeah. he's doing good. And then I have another VA in the Philippines. I hired a guy, um, in Bosnia and then I my hire a guy in Venezuela. So it's like, I just got this this worldwide squad, you know, just trying to keep hiring. And the, my, my problem right now is we have a big relaunch coming up and I need to figure out our sales and marketing because we need to get some growth going. You know, I don't want to have, you know, over a hundred trainers. I want to have thousands. So that's kind of, yeah. that's kind of our next step. Yeah. You know? So, so clearly it sounds like you got some good product market fit. Now you're figuring mm-hmm. out go to market strategy and how to scale. And that's, yep. that's the magic, right? That's, <laughs> that's the magic. The, that's exactly. the hard, that's the yeah. hard part. I mean, it's an exciting time though. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. It's an exciting point to be at because yeah. all the hard work, I mean, and it's interesting, it's taken you six years to get to this point. Mm-hmm. Clearly not an overnight success, quote unquote, but that's about yeah. the, about the right amount of time for this yeah, sort of stuff. It, I mean, it takes forever. Well, and, and I mean, if I could go back, like there's so many things that I could easily just have been like, ah, don't do that. And I would have saved me like years, like not spending tens of thousands of dollars, like adding a crazy social media element to our app, which no one cared about. Uh, not even ever going B2C in the first place and just building like a really simple tool for trainers, like a timer or something like that, or some billing thing. And then building from there. I think that's my biggest advice for any entrepreneur, like in tech is not, is, is if you think you can build, like we thought we could just build an all-in-one tool two 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 and a half years ago for this startup. 
And um, our very first iteration, we had hundreds of features. Like it was literally like 500 plus screen designs. And we were still missing like 13 to 20 key features. And then those, each feature had like a hundred designs for each, for each feature. So it was just like, so I would say like, don't try and build an all in one, figure out like what the key like component is that you could build on and then make it that, that a super good product, even make it free at first and just get a ton of people using it and then slowly start adding packages or, or features to that and then create an all-in-one solution that way. But um, yeah, just doing the whole all-in-one thing at first, just too much. Yeah. You sort of need a beachhead, I think. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. what, what's the one problem you're going to solve? And, exactly. and I like, I like, I really like that. I'm glad you brought that up as well because mm-hmm technical founder and I'm bashing on technical founders today and I can, cause I'm a technical mm. founder. There I can, you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I can bash on myself, right? It's fair. It's fair. Total fair game. Yeah. Um, but, but it is, it is fascinating that how, so then how do you figure out what that one first feature set is? It's not the thousand, you know, all in one thing. Mm-hmm. How did you then come about to be like, Hey, we were doing B2C. Okay. That's hard. It's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, people, whatever. And then, oh, let's do B2B. But then how are we going to address like the one thing that no one's doing well right now to build that beachhead? How would you suggest building the beachhead? Yeah. So uh, in my defense of what I'm about to say, or not opposite of my defense, I did not do that. I tried to, my advice is to do that. And I just tried to build oh, okay. all the features. Yeah. I tried to build all the features and we just like, we had, that's why we had a whole, all of 2020 was our MVP year. We launched and we were just like, oh my God, we're missing everything. So now we finally are live with all the features. We still have like one or two more coming out in like two weeks. And then we're going to do like a big relaunch. But like, for example, you take my whole entire personal training um, platform. And then a few of the things, like I would suggest like doing a bunch of uh, user interviews and then figuring out like, what is the one, like write down everything they say. And what is the one common theme and then solve that. And for example, apparently there's no app out there that tracks sessions for personal trainers. So you, you train a client and then you just have, all you have to do is just say, were they here or not? And then they can, they can confirm on their end and then you can go, cool. You bought a 20 session package. Here's the 15 times you've showed up. You have five left right now. That doesn't exist apparently. So like trainers are just going like, Oh, I think you were here. I don't remember. So like, if I, we're going to add that to like, it's going to be one small concept in our brand new calendar update coming out this summer. But um, if I were to go back in time, I would have literally just made a very simple, it would call it like schedule tracker or like uh, client tracker or whatever. And it would just be a, a yes or no session tracker. And we start with that. I would have totally launched that six years ago. It would have gotten like 5,000 downloads for free. And then I would have started adding feature and feature and feature from there. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's finding that one key thing that trainers complain about, or like users complain about that hasn't been solved yet, make that your core feature and then become the all in one over time, basically. Hmm. Hmm. And you, you found out about that feature because you interviewed people. I've interviewed hundreds of trainers. Yeah. Like, like I did over 500 interviews last year. I've had conversations for years before that. So yeah, there's like zoom calls, like, Basically, it's like, what features do you need? Walking them through the demos, all that stuff. Yeah, so I've done a ton of 500. interviews. 500. So basically, yeah. you did 500 sort of sales pitches, I guess. Pretty much, yeah. Because I mean, I was trying to get them to pay for it. You know, so, <laughs> so, yeah, obviously didn't close a lot or else we'd be making, uh, we'd be making bank right now. But, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, you know, we have about a fifth of that on our platform now. And so it was, uh, took oh. some time, but, you know, yeah. So, okay. So that's actually a really good thing to think about. That 
initial customer interview, feedback, sales pitch, just getting as many of those in as you can. Because I mm-hmm. guess my guess would be, and correct me if I'm wrong, that as you did these, you actually got a better pitch and you kind of Oh, I'm really good at it now. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's, what's funny is I walked these, um, these investors were like looking at our, like and putting money in and uh, I walked them. They were like, we'd love to see a demo of the product. And I was like, oh, sure. And at the end of the, the demo, one of them like clapped. The other one was like, that was a really, really good demo. And I was just like, I do this 10 times a day. <laughs> so it's a uh, pretty, pretty natural for me. I know it's, I've done it so many times that I know what a trainer is going to say. So I'll be like, and before you ask, this is how this pops up. And they're like, Oh, I was going to ask that. I'm like, yep. I knew you were. So, um, wow. yeah, I've done it wow. a lot. So, cause, uh, have you heard of the click funnels? You know what click funnels mm-hmm. are? You heard of yeah. that? I don't remember the guy's name. I should know. Cause I read his book about oh, how gotcha. to do a, a webinar. It was like the ultimate webinar book. And I don't oh, normally like read these things cause mm-hmm. I'm like, really like ultimate, come on. Right. Yeah. But Someone recommended, hey, you should, this ClickFunnels guy, like, yeah, it's a little I mean, bit click, clickbaity. It, it is a little clickbaity, but like, he's also very wealthy. So it's yeah, well, like, and, yeah. and, and I, I personally think you can learn from anyone, even if you're like, ah, oh, this isn't, uh, I really mm-hmm. don't, but there's some truth in everything, honestly. Exactly. So what do you, can you learn from it? Mm-hmm. And I read his book and I like to, took a bunch of notes because I was like, oh, I want to do something with this story funnel thing I'm working on with my friend Ravi. And, you know, he, his whole thing was this webinar approach, like the sales webinar. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, let me, let me read through this. Cause again, I, I, I tell people all the time, I really don't like doing sales, but I have to learn how to do this because mm-hmm. I found that what you found because of who you are, the more you talk about it, the more you pitch it, the better you get, mm-hmm. the more sales you get. <laughs> exactly. 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 Ding, 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 ding. Right. And, and yeah. again, founders and, and, and tech founders, especially, but founders in general have a hard time selling. Mm-hmm. So it's a skill you need to practice and it's not as slimy as you think. But his point in the book, which I remember to this day, and because you brought it up, it reminded me answering the question before they asked the question. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was just so powerful. The other thing that he's talked about was this thing called the big domino. Mm-hmm. He's like, if I can convince you of this one thing, that's the big domino. And every other question you have is just a question of details. Like if you believe mm-hmm. this thing, this one big thing, the rest of it is just details and mm-hmm. I don't have to convince you. And so what is like, what's your big domino? What, what do you have to convince them of in order yeah, for them to, you know, like move? Cause again, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't have a click funnels account or anything like that, but <laughs> I was like, wow, I, I like, okay. Like there's yeah. something here. Right. I mean, clearly he's a billionaire yeah. or whatever, but yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. No, I would actually, I'd be curious to see his net worth. I love looking up celebrities net worth. I love doing it. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, that's a really good question. I don't, I, I would say like, you know, the question, I, I guess it wouldn't be a question I can answer, but I think the overall question would just be like, can I grow my business with this? Or like, will my clients like this? Or like, so um, I'd have to sit down and figure out what the number one question would be, but I think there's just a lot of, I guess, yeah, like, are my clients going to like this? And I make sure I do a quick little pop over to Figma and I, sh- I walk them through each client design. So I'm like, this is how it would work. So they understand the client view. Um, they always ask, like, how can I handle my billing? I show them that. So, I mean, there's a lot of little things that I kind of sprinkle in the tour. And then, like, over time, when I notice a lot of questions, like, are certain questions not being asked anymore, I kind of, like, skip that section. So I kind of just naturally audit my oh. own little demos. I don't, I don't even mean to do it, but I'll be like, 
no one's really given a shit about this page for like, you know, a month. So why would I even keep showing this? So I'll kind of just like dumb it down a little bit and just keep going to the next thing. So, um, yeah, I can do it in like a couple minutes and we have tons of features. So I kind of just fly through it. Yeah. Wow. Cause, um, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of this thing called Respana. I, I had Farzad, the CEO and I love, oh, gotcha. I love Farzad. I love Respana. Hmm. Respana is this PR and marketing outreach tool. It's actually link building and outreaching. Mm-hmm. And his whole thing is build relationships, not spam. Mm-hmm. And I remember when he gave me the demo, 15 minute, like it was for 15 minutes. We ended up talking for like, I think 45 minutes. Cause I was just so enamored because mm-hmm. in my day job, I have to outreach to people all the time. And it's such a pain in the ass. And I, yeah. I constantly harp on this with just general, even with startups. Right. Mm-hmm. But his whole approach was, I'm just going to like, Oh, well, let's get on a phone call and I'll demo it like what you do. Exactly. And like over time, I'm just like sitting, like I'm listening to him because I love the reason why I I got in contact with him because he cold pitched me. Nice. Something totally random. One of his guys, this guy, Vlad, which, you know, you know, Farzad, give Vlad another raise. (laughs) Give your whole team a raise because they're awesome. But you know what I mean? It's like, and I'm like, and, and I know I harp on this a lot, but I'm so fascinated by the sales process not mm. being this slimy used car thing that's in my head. It's stuck in my head, honestly. Yeah, exactly. And more of like, how do I make it educational? Because I think mm. this is the biggest lack in all sorts of these entrepreneurial pursuits. Mm. Yes, you have a cool technology. Yes, it's an awesome thing. And that's great. But if no one buys it, is it really a business? Mm-hmm. It's sort of like if, if a tree falls in the woods, does anyone really hear it? So if no one yeah. buys, is it really a business? And the faster you can figure out what that product market fit and go to market strategies, the better you are. Mm-hmm. And I think it's through what you do. I think it's yeah. through this, get on a call, get, get to know your customers. And it's mm-hmm. scary. It's scary. Mm-hmm. Personally, from a technical <laughs> gotcha, engineering, yeah. it's scary as hell because yeah. now I'm like, you know, you and I just met today. We're getting to know each other, right? Mm-hmm. We're vulnerable because like we can see each other on Zoom. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Listening yeah. to our conversation like, oh. But like, imagine like you're trying to, so how do you, it sounds like you naturally do this anyway, but how do you like break through that kind of barrier? I mean, in, are you just naturally this way about like trying to pitch stuff or has it like, what are some of the things you've learned to like make it easier and make it more comfortable for you and, and the person you're pitching? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm typically pretty comfortable with people in general. Um, but I'm not salesy at all. Like, and I, and I think that's actually a good thing because um, it hasn't been a good thing for our sales, but it's been a great thing for, I think our company. And I think in the long term, there's been a lot of trainers that like, for example, we were in our, in our MVP phase where I knew really early on that they were like super advanced and they had tons of clients and I knew we weren't the right software for them. So I would pivot the call to like, I would just say like, look, we're not ready for you yet. We probably have another year of development before this is going to be the platform for you. We have a better client journey, but for the time being, like we don't have X, Y, and Z feature that you is it like like I was like let's just be blunt with each other like the, you need this for your business we don't have it like I'm not going to ask you to switch because you're going to get pissed off you're going to go why can't I automate my messages and why can't I send videos through chat I'll be like sorry like we don't have that feature and then now you hate us um, so I would just kind of pivot the conversations that way um, but yeah I'm not very sales oriented and I'm I'm pretty comfortable with people though and so I would just be really open and honest and I think. The number one thing for me was kind of just starting the starting the conversation by asking them about themselves and their training business and just saying like, 
you know, like, well, I'd love to walk you through the call, but can you tell me a little bit about yourself? And they would, I'd be like, I would, I would love to know how long you've been training and what you're looking for and kind of just getting them to open up a little bit to me. And then I just like ask permission. I'm like, would you mind if I share my screen and walk you through the demo? Obviously it's a yes. That's the whole point of the call. Um, and then kind of just walking them through. And then I would just get to the point where I just had little questions laid throughout, like how many clients do you have? Okay. Awesome. Like how long, have, like, or, um, what software are you currently using? Okay. Awesome. And so, um, I don't know, kind of just like customizing the call for them and just letting them, I think letting them open up at the beginning of the conversation makes it more comfortable. Um, but yeah, I'm just going to talk to people though. So I'm not, I'm not too whatever. And I'm, I'm not like a pushy sales guy by any means. So it makes it a little easier. And do you have a, like a script that you go through? I've written one, but like, I just kind of, I've done it so many times I could like do it with my eyes closed. So like the, all, all the flows and everything. And I, uh, have like the same jokes if something breaks, you know, it's just like, so, so it's just like, so it's just kind of, I got the true. jokes ready to go. Yeah, got it's the, just like, I don't joke know. Here. So, yeah, they, in my defense, the joke was originally an original. And then I just like, it happened again. I repeated it. And so now it's like part of the script, I guess. But, um, cool. but yeah, so, you know, it's, it's, uh, like, for example, um, I'll go to, I'll be like, if they ask about billing, which like 80% of them do, I'll go like, okay, cool. So, well, this is how you do it. You go add invoice and you pick this client and the client name will be like some demo. So it'll be like KJYLP and then like test. And then I'm like, well, this is probably a bad example of a client and then they'll always laugh and then I'll just keep going. It's just like, so it's just kind of like, I don't know. So, because it happened one time that I did it again. And so it just kind of worked out. So um, I don't know. It was maybe making the conversation more natural, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, humor works. Humor, yeah, for sure. It, 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 it's not like, I, there was this, I took this class. It was called funny business. This yep. guy named, oh, God, I remember, don't remember his last name. Ah, he's going to yell at me. But um, what was interesting is we would go like, he, he thought that all business presentations were boring, which yep. I agree. Right. And he's like, add some humor. It's like, you can mm -hmm. add humor to any situation and it'll make it better. Yeah. Like pretty much universal truth. And so he was a stand-up comedian. So what he would do is like, Hey, write some jokes like what you did. Mm -hmm. Like you've stumbled upon it, but you found something that worked, right? Yeah. So, it, and and but he was cautious. He's like, okay, it can't sound too can. It sort of has to sound off the cuff. But this is That's tough. Why, why practice is good, right? Mm -hmm. um, but he would say, have jokes. Like when you do your presentation, add jokes appropriately. Mm -hmm. You know, there was one. I think it was MIT this guy, this, this professor did, this is how to give a presentation. Mm. And, and it was pretty good. He was like, never start with a joke, start with some, I don't remember what it was like, start with what you're going to teach them. If that's the kind of thing. Mm. And then pepper in caveats and all of these, you know, antidotes and jokes to like move, move the conversation. So it's not flat, right? So exactly. it's an up and a yeah. down and up and down. Um, and so often when I hear some of these sales pitches, <laughs> Like, yeah. like reading it off the thing. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's really tough. Yeah. And what I hate about that too, is that like, I think a lot more trainers would get on a call with me if they hadn't had a bad experience before with a really boring sales pitch. Like they, if the, if they knew it was me just being open and honest and I'm telling jokes and like, we're, I'm like, literally, I'm like, I'm here to help you with grow your business. I'm not here to sell you. Like I have told so many trainers, like, this is not for you. We'll talk in six months or whatever, like kind of a yeah. thing. Like I'll let, I'll let them know. Cause they're like, I think I'm gonna sign up for a demo. I'm like, no, please don't. Like, you know, like yeah, this was not, 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 not yeah, not yeah. now, but like last year we would do that. But yeah, um, yeah, there's just like like you said, there's so many like just boring 
sales calls. And so, yeah, I just try and be different. And what's annoying too, is when I reach out to trainers on Instagram or, you know, email, whatever, like I'm literally giving them a product that could help their business 1000% because I've seen what they're currently using, but then they like market is spam because I think I'm spamming them. And I'm like, I mean, I technically am spamming you, but like you should use this because it will, I, yeah, you're, what you're using is shit. <laughs> this will help you grow. Well, yeah. So. I, yeah. Cause again, I think there's also the, the experience like mm. being, I wouldn't call it being empathetic to the customer mm-hmm. or the prospect or whatever, but being more compassionate to their cause. Because mm-hmm. I, I truly think that compassion, when you're compassionate, you can take action. Mm-hmm. So compassion equals action to me. I, I just, mm-hmm. I think empathy gets you down a rabbit hole where you can't like do something. Now I'm not saying can't have empathy, but I think compassion is the way to go. Compassion mm-hmm. equals action to me. And yeah. so like, I think you figured out which is, which again, a lot of times when you have this new shiny object and you're so proud of it, you've spent years developing it. Mm-hmm. All you want to do is say, how great is this? How great is this? How great is this? And almost like, how smart am I? How smart am I? How smart am I? Right. Mm-hmm. But when you come with this sort of service approach, huh, let me think about this service approach. How can I help you be of service? Mm-hmm. That's how I try to make doing salesy things to me less slimy exactly. for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm way better at like pitching someone else's stuff. Like, you know, oh, I'm super like, good at it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. like res- I love Respana. I love elementary analytics. Mm-hmm. I love all of these things where I'm just like, yeah, I'll sell this thing all day. Cause that's great. I use it. Like yeah, I, exactly. I'm a user. I love it. Like, or, mm-hmm. you know, all these other things, but boy, your own stuff. <laughs> it's a little different. Yeah. And I, when people remind me, like when I get like a testimonial, that's like, this literally changed my life and I quit my job and I'm doing this full time now through your platform. I'm like, that's amazing. And then I get a little boost. And then one person goes like, I don't like this feature. And then I go back down. So it's like, <laughs> I think, uh, I think just remaining confident in what you're doing. And as long as you know, you're helping someone, I think, so I have to keep reminding myself. I'm like, I'm helping this person. I'm helping this person when I'm on a sales call. I, otherwise I feel like, yeah, too pitchy. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Helping that I'm helping them. I'm, exactly. It's up yeah. to them to take the help, but I'm my job is to help you. Oh, exactly. Oh, man, exactly. I really like that approach. I, I think I think you got something on that because I mean I talk I to a so. lot of people about this stuff too, and my actually my cousin teaches sales and marketing at uh, Florida State in Tallahassee, and mm-hmm. so he's what does he do? What's the name of his podcast? Oh, he's going to get so angry at me. <laughs> Sales something. I don't remember. Okay. Um, but he, Although, but yeah, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll send you a link to him. But it's, what's interesting is that when I talk to him and they, what they, how they train people at Florida state, it's more of an educational process mm-hmm. than, uh, you know, Hey, limited time offer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But anyway, so, um, so what, what advice would you give that, that next generation of entrepreneur that's, that's coming up and listening to us and saying, I want to give it a shot. What would you say? What would, what would be your advice? I'd say it's really tough. Um, but I, <laughs> I would say, uh, um, I think the biggest, the biggest thing for me is just to, um, one, I think one thing would be just to, to record a lot of stuff. Um, I think that's my, well, if I go back in time, there's like most of those trainer calls, I didn't actually write down what they were saying. I kind of just kept a mental note. And it, so there were certain updates that we could have had out months prior had I just like, you know, actually been like, oh my God, 13 people have requested that we edit our program builder to add, the, you know, a photo next to the exercise title. 
and I didn't do that. And so if I, if I had known, if I had written it down, I would have seen it at like four and gone, this is kind of weird. Why is everyone asking about this? And it wouldn't have taken me literally months of people asking to do it. So I think recording is very underrated, um, especially when you're doing calls, like just writing like little, little ticks, just boom, that person asked, that person asked that. Um, and then I think my number one piece of advice would be to really, because people always say interview, like survey your customers. I think surveys are stupid. Like you, anyone, yes, yes, yes. One, two, five, done. Okay, done. Um, I think actually hopping on calls and walking people through what you're thinking or just being like, I'll buy you a cup of coffee. Can I ask you about your business and your biggest pain points? Cause I'm building a software. Um, I think those are really uh, underrated qualities that I think I did really well. And I think other entrepreneurs should do because you, because even today, like if I hop on a demo call with a trainer after this call, um, I'll learn something new. They'll be like, yeah, I really wish this feature yeah. did that. And I'll just be like, that's genius. We're going to add it. So um, yeah. yeah, talking to your customers is super important. Yeah. I know when I was at 500 startups, mm-hmm. they told us you have to interview hundred customers. Mm-hmm. But by the time you get out of 500 stars, which was like three months, it's like you need to talk to 100 customers. If exactly. you don't, you're failing. Exactly. They, they were pretty brutal that way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we used to do pitch pitch practice on Wednesday or Thursday nights, and there would be this big bowl of alcoholic punch that was awful. Right. Yeah. And uh, if we screwed up, you had to drink it. So anyway. But, that's, uh, not, that's not good. <laughs> no, 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 no. They don't do that anymore. No, but, uh, yeah. Corey, it's been so wink, great wink, to wink. talk to you. Yeah, yeah wink, wink, no, no. Yeah. It's been great to talk to you, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for being accommodating and like, you know. We, yeah, right back at you. I mean, I switched on you first. So I think you've apologized more and you were the second. Switch, <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I just know, I know and appreciate how, what well, one, people's time is very valuable. And two, having a conversation like this is super educational. I learned so much from you and I love that you share these sort of things and you're like the, like the journey is so fascinating. It's a long so, journey. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with We Strive. Let us know how we can help and uh, stay safe. Keep in touch. Awesome. Looking forward to listening to the podcast. Thanks, Corey, for talking with me about what it is like to build your app. A lot of times people start out building apps and you know, kind of get frustrated. And as you did, you went through some iterations, but uh, really love to hear your journey. Now, as promised... Here are some actionable insights that I learned from my interview with Corey. Talk to as many potential customers as possible to find out what their pain points are. Corey talked to over 500 personal trainers just in the last year. And this is so important. And a lot of us technical founders, me included, don't do this. You need to kind of figure out if you've actually got a customer base. So you got to talk to customers. I know when when I was at 500 Startups, they said you need to talk to at least 100 customers before you know if your idea is any good. I mean, Corey talked to 500, so maybe his idea is pretty good. My guess is yes, right? Record and make notes of all your conversations so you can quickly pick up on recurring themes on what people are trying to say they need. Now, you, of course, have to ask permission <laughs> for this, but I think the important point here is that you got to find these trends in these interviews with customers, right? It's hard, it's actually really hard to figure out like what people are saying. So as best that you can, record them, go through them, try to find the themes, right? I think those are the most important things. If you're building a SaaS product, Corey recommends focusing on one aspect or feature and making it really good. 
you can go on to grow it, to you know, grow it out and become the all-in-one solution once you have a good understanding of your market and you've proven yourself. And I think this is the whole idea of the minimum viable product. As you heard Corey talk about, he tried to focus on a couple of different features, really did those well, but then realized, you know, in the personal training market, his app's got to be everything to everyone. That can be sometimes a challenge. So you always want to find your beachhead, right? Build something that someone's going to want and then sort of iterate from there. You don't want to have all these features initially because you honestly don't know what people want until they start using it, until you start kind of getting it out there in the world. So there you go. Those are the actionable insights I learned from Corey. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did creating it. My hope is that you learned something that can make you a little bit better. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do share it with friends and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also join my email list by visiting theentrepreneurethos.com to get my thoughts on what I'm doing to get better, as well as what I'm working on. You can also pick up my book, The Entrepreneur Ethos, if you want to learn the traits values, and beliefs that I think we need to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient entrepreneur, and frankly, world community. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at The Daily MBA, and let me know if you have any questions or recommendations for a guest you'd like me to talk to. Also, drop me a note if you try anything we talked about on this or any other episode. I'd love to hear what's working for you. Until next time, keep getting better. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.